It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. On this edition of Down to Earth, this is the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today being Sunday, and it is Sunday morning, naturally we are talking about Sunday morning stuff. We're talking about faith and what is the command for this morning. Hi, boy, oh boy, buddy, Dane35. Hey, y'all. It's nice to see you all on here, huh? Uh, Can I just say that if at any time this uh, feed gets bad, you can join me on YouTube. It's a much more stable platform. Twitter apparently doesn't like when we go live too much. Okay, they don't. Somehow they don't like it. They tend to. Uh, they tend to negate it and discourage it because <laughs> Twitter will shake and so on. So if the feed if the feed goes bad, go switch over to my YouTube channel. I have posted the link, or you can just find me on YouTube, Harriet Kamek, and join me so that you do want to hear this message. This is an important message this morning because we're talking about what is the message for the week. We're talking about every week during this pandemic, we're giving a message. There's a specific set of instructions that we must follow, that we should follow, not that we must, but we should follow if we want to arrive at the end of the week in a firm state of mind. It keeps us as we navigate these very treacherous times. I mean, it seems to me for most of us that our politicians are bipolar or their actions are bipolar. I mean, one minute they're up, the next minute they're down. One minute they know what we're doing, the next minute they don't know. One minute we're going to have a vaccine, they don't know. And in spite of the evidence, the clear evidence that exists, that tells us that it is not safe for us to re-engage, it's not safe for us to go back to work, They're still forcing people to go to work because of economic reasons, because people who are billionaires, who are sitting on their yachts, who are are directing the economy, the ones who simply have nothing else to do but count their money because the government gives them fat checks and gave them a stimulus that landed in their bank accounts before it landed in the rest of us. They're the ones who are pushing people to go back to work. And yet still, there are people. There are small businesses who still have not gotten a stimulus check, yet big business is forcing people to go back to work, to go back and re-engage in the public, to take public transportation, to go and buy gas, to go and touch surfaces, to go back to banking, to go back to drive-up banking or go to uh, in-service banking face-to-face. Still pushing us to have face-to-face encounters despite the fact that we're not in a position to do so. When you look at the numbers around the country, the epidemic has finally now gotten to, to rural America. Here in Michigan, we saw this week where militiamen, that's what they are, yeah? Men with guns who feel proudful, right? Men with guns, yeah, that's right, a stimulus check, what's that? I have to ask the same question myself. What's a stimulus check, <laughs> right? 
a stimulus check was something brought about by an act of Congress, uh, the Cures Act, where the government of the country decided that it was going to reimburse people in the country money because the economy had shut down to help them cope with what the lack of economic activity had produced. Thereby, they arrived at a certain figure that the Republicans thought was good for most of us. But just so you know, people who earned a million dollars a year got a check for a million dollars. And other people got a check for $1,200. Just so you know, right? So when you ask what the similarities, that's what it is. Just this past week in Michigan, good morning. Hi. Mitchell Poe, good morning. Nice to see you. Just this past week in Michigan, we saw where militia men, that's what they are, Michigan militias, who took to the, the, the capital, the capital of Michigan is Lansing. The capital is the government house of Michigan. They took to the Capitol House to demonstrate that they disagree with the governor's order and that it is unconstitutional. It's not unconstitutional because it is written in the Michigan Constitution since 1945, almost 100 years. So they took to the Capitol to express their disbelief or their noncompliance with that order, waving guns, so much so that they threatened the lives of duly elected representatives of the people. This is the Republican Party who claims that they support uh, electioneering and they support people uh, seeking their vote. But yes, you went to intimidate people who were elected by the people. I'm just saying the Republican Party sounds like they need to get their act together, right? But here are the rest of us watching them march on Lansing with guns and wondering if they were going to shoot the governor if they saw her, if they were going to shoot the lieutenant governor, were they going to shoot the chief medical officer of health, were they going to shoot the secretary of state, were they going to shoot everybody just because they disagree? When you see stuff like that, you have to ask yourself, seriously, are you more concerned about being able to go have your liquor and drink in a bar and have your choice of whatever sexual deviant sexual activity you, you practice and promote? and participate in, or are you worried about the health of the people? There is no, we must recognize that in this time, everything has changed. Nothing is going to go back to normal the way we think it is. If you think the economy is going to go back to a 24-hour format, forget that stuff. If you think businesses are going to open until 9, 10 p.m. at night like they used to, it's not going to happen. You really think people are going to go back to movie theaters and sit inside a movie theater which, as we know by now, is a vast petri dish. This kind of stuff people do in movie theaters is unbelievable. No, none of that is going to happen. And guess what? People are not ready for that. They're not in the mindset for it. And you might be disagreeing with me and say, well, Harry, did you see over the weekend where folks in Huntington Beach, California, went to the beach? Well, cases are going to spike because nobody was observing social distancing. And people went to the beach because they felt like, oh, it's such a nice day to be out. I'm just going to go out. The rebellious nature of people. Well, when the numbers spike, and instead of flattening the curve that we should, even here in Michigan, they were down on Bella Alley yesterday. People are gone out golfing and doing all kinds of stuff. Those numbers are going to spike. It's, no, it's, it's a no-brainer. So what are we supposed to do? It seems to me that our government right, or local, county, state, right, uh, federal, they don't seem to know what they, what's going on. And the people are taking their cues like, well, heck, yeah, I'm going to do what I want to do. And industry is pushing a back-to-work order 
Because where are they? I want to see Elon Musk go back to work. I want to see all of them go back to work. Don't you? That's what we should demand. Let's see them go back to work in crowded spaces, taking elevators, going to work, touching common services. Let's see them do that. It's the same thing the UAW asked some months ago of of Ford and GM. They said, well, you stop pushing people to go back to work. Ask yourself the question if you would send your children and your family members back to work. So when you see all of this stuff going on around us, they can't find a vaccine. Oxford scientists say they might have a vaccine by June. Me and you know we're not taking that because we don't know if it has bleach or Lysol in it. So I'm not going to be the guinea pig and take that. I'm not taking it, period. Are they going to create some kind of law that says under emergency powers? It's mandatory to be vaccinated. Then I'm going to go crawl into a bunker in my yard. I kid you not. I'm not doing it. I'll just say, I'm not going to go out in public. I'm not doing it. I order everything from Amazon Pantry and be done with it. Seriously. Right? Because this is ridiculous. I don't know what's in the vaccine. I'm not taking it. It could have bleach or Lysol. Right? When you see all of these things, what do we do? Well, that's what we're, I'm glad you asked, because that's what we're going to talk about this morning. This morning, we find ourselves in a place right now where we have to ask, outside of governmental authority, who can help us? We have run the gamut as human beings of help that we have access to. We begin to recognize that we don't have as much control as we thought we had. We realize that we don't, we're not in control. We don't know what's happening We don't know who is in charge. We don't know what is happening when we're asleep. Most of us now have come to the place where when we wake up in the morning, we find ourselves saying, thank God, we made it through the night. We woke up and we weren't invaded by Russia nor China and everything is okay. We do know that when we wake up in the morning, the news of the day is going to say that there are more cases. People are not dying as much, thank God. They're fixed that. They've become better at identifying the virus, isolating it, and treating people, but people are still getting infected. So when we wake up in the morning, it's like, thank God, let us just live today. We are now finding that the words of our Father prior, Lord, give us this day, have become real. This day have become real. And for those of us, who had prior exposure to faith, we have learned and rekindled that faith. We have learned to hold on to that faith when everything else around us is shifting. We just need to turn the news on or go to our Facebook page and recognize that we're losing friends and family, that people are dropping literally like flies. It's alarming to record that 60,000 people have died in eight weeks from a virus and 58,000 people died in nine years of a Vietnam War. That's an alarming number for us to contemplate, the numbers for which we can't imagine. We're unable to stay in touch with our elderly relatives, our parents and grandparents. We're out of touch with them. We can't touch them. We saw just this week, we read a report where 4,000 residents of Detroit nursing homes and assisted living facilities have tested positive for COVID-19. 1,000 have died. That is extraneous. It is beyond the realm of our ability to 
to match those numbers and cope. This is not war time. This is prayer time. This is time for us to buckle down and recognize that where our egos had controlled us and had kept us, our egos can't do that now. We're seeing right before our eyes people whom we idolize, people whom we thought could never or would never have issues. They're dropping people who were the strength and the backbone of our, of our society. We're seeing them drop. Thank goodness there'll be a remnant. So now we are looking at it and we're saying, where do I go from here? Well, this morning, we're going to go to Psalm 46. And I'm going to read it in your hearing because this is also the season of Ramadan for those who are Muslim, for those who are of Islamic faith. And this is their holy season. We went through our holy season uh, of Easter. And during Easter, just before Easter, it was Passover. Isn't it a coincidence that all three major world religions have intersected at the same time? It's kind of telling us that whatever you believe in, the central theme through those major religions is what? A monotheistic God. Have you noticed? Christianity. Judaism and Islam are monotheistic. One God. They believe in one supreme creator, one supreme being. This time, they have all intersected. And we're all thrown into the throat, literally, of experiencing faith. The Muslims might say, to Allah be praised. Christians say, to God be the glory. And the Jews say, Yeshua. The Jews say Elohim. They say Adonai. Do you see what I'm saying? So here we are at this moment, at this intersection. And we have to ask ourselves, well, I'm a Christian, so this is what I pray. The Muslims are praying from and reading from their Quran, right? And the Jews are reading from the Torah. And we all are basically saying the same thing. God help us. And God is answering and speaking. And I want you to hear the words of Psalm 46. Because these words are eternal. These words are life-changing and they're life-saving. They're keeping me and they're keeping some of us as we go through this, these times. As we navigate these treacherous roads. I mean, every time the governor or the president takes the podium at a press conference, we're all on edge. What next? What next are they going to say? When will things go back to normal? We have a situation and a whole generation of young people who can't participate in a graduation ceremony from high school. Like, seriously? That's a rite of passage for children all over the world. We have a whole generation of people who are graduating college who are finding it difficult to accept that they have to do a virtual graduation. Just yesterday, the University of Michigan conducted a virtual graduation. For, graduate stu- for students who are graduating in May 2020, spring 2020. That is unbelievable. My daughter is due to attend Michigan State University. My youngest child is due to attend Michigan State University in a couple of months, and her orientation, they confirmed yesterday, will be virtual. And she's like, and I'm like, be still. So I just want to read to you uh, Psalms 46. Let's just read it. Uh, it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. 
even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled. Isn't that interesting? We live in troubled times. Though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, there is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that's at the break of dawn. You're all hearing me? Be still. God is going to help you. Be still. Just when it looks like it's not going to happen, God is going to step right in. The nations raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. Listen to this. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. The nations rage. Watch that. Come, behold the works of the Lord. This is Psalm 46. What desolations he has made has been made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease to the end of the earth. Hey, y'all hearing me? The pandemic happened. All wars cease. Remember earlier in the verse, it says the nations raged. Here it says right here, he maketh wars to cease. To the end of the earth. Everybody who is pouting, I'm most important. I am the most important man on the face of the earth. I'm the most important woman. Look at Kim Jong-un over in North Korea acting like he runs things. Yeah. He maketh wars to cease. The pandemic happened and all wars cease. He breaks the bow. He cuts the spear in two. That means he broke the weapons of war. And he burns the chariots in the fire. We ain't firing no weapons of war right now. We're too concerned about this virus. Be still in verse number 10. Be still. Say that one more time. Be still. Everybody, all of us, me, I'm speaking to myself. I don't know about you, but I'm going to talk to myself. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Be still. Verse number 10. Be still and know. Be still and know that God is in control. Be still and know that God's got this. No matter what's going on this week, no matter what happens, be still. I kind of find it interesting that this is a verse that was written Years and years ago. And we often turn in times like these and look for comfort. I mean, just think about it. We are studying. And most for those of us who have studied formally, right? It doesn't matter if you went to college or if you just you have just read. You are well read, right? We study the classics. We call it the classics. We call Lord Byron a great poet. We refer to the writings of Shakespeare, right? And other famous writers of their ilk. And we use their words during times to point to an existence and to point to a, a, a way of life, a point to civilization. We use the words of Socrates and the writings of Socrates. That great, we refer to him as a great philosopher. And we use those words to point to the fact that we have evolved as, hum, as humanity. Well, I have found that the Bible is, such a, is a better resource. The Bible gives me reassurance. The words that are written therein are eternal. When I am passed from the earth, when you are passed from the earth, 
those words will continue to provide comfort and reassurance to a new generation of people. At the beginning of this pandemic, when it became apparent that my daughter would not be participating in graduation activities and senior, what they call senior activities, you all know how that is. We all remember being in high school, right? And I remember saying to her, this is the challenge of your generation. This might be what you guys will have to find a cure for so this never happens. I said, every generation has its challenges. We had ours. Ours was 9-11. And we had to deal with that. The generation before had Vietnam. A generation before had the Korean War. Are you all hearing me? There was World War II. I said, this is the challenge of your generation. And these are the lessons that you will learn from what we do now to make improvements for another generation. We got to look at the context that life goes on. They refer to, they talk about evolution, that human beings existed only because we evolved from animals. I don't know about you, but I don't find that I have any animalistic tendencies whatsoever. I never find myself wanting to run into the wild and beat my chest and yell out and, and go eat wild meat and wild hogs and eat wild, wild, you know, bushes and so on. I don't find that I have those tendencies. And it has nothing to do with my socialization. I'm a human being, so I adapt to environment. If I had to be placed in a jungle, then I am going to adapt to the ways of the jungle and survive. That's human nature. It has nothing to do with animalistic tendencies. And what I have found is that we tend to ascribe to people what we want based on how we perceive them. And I said to her, this is the fight of your generation to find something that will prevent this from happening in the future. Unfortunately, it's not fair that it happened when all you want to focus on is how to graduate high school. It's not fair that all you want to focus on is all the senior activities of taking pictures, going on trips. It's not fair. And they look at our generation and say, you guys got to have that. But why can't we? And I said, because that's not how it works. This is forcing you guys to grow up before you are ready to grow up so that you recognize that you have to find a cure. Well, it might have sat with her because she wanted to study medicine. And she sat down the other day, and her major going into Michigan State would be human biology. Well, what do you know? Yesterday she got an email that it's time for her to start choosing classes and start choosing uh, subjects to, for her major. Guess what one of them, one of them is? Virology. And she said, that's it. That's it right there. I said, yep, to myself. I said, that's it right there. That is the focus of your generation. In other words, what I'm saying is the focus of this generation, we've moved and shifted. Our focus is not on weapons of war. We have perfected that. We have stealth bombers that you and I can't think of. We have ways of spying on each other that we can't even begin to imagine. I mean, as a matter of fact, our phones are spy machines. They're legal spy machines or illegal spy machines, depending on how you choose to look at it, that anybody who is interested can use it to spy on us. We've perfected that. What we never looked at was what could happen to the human body. We never perfected that. We're still fighting those wars on every front. We thought cancer was the biggest thing. We thought, well, surely cancer is, is, is a bad thing. High blood pressure is bad. Diabetes is bad. But surely cancer just takes people out and What's with heart attacks? We focused on those things. 
but we never looked at something that could happen to a mass number of people all at once. But here we are. It sounds to me like my generation, we're done. My generation is passing. Our time for research and innovation is past. We have to hand the baton over to the next generation, imparting to them wisdom, divesting our knowledge to them so that they now use our knowledge base to be able to set up for the future. We got to look at it in terms of perspective. Oftentimes, we tend to look at me and me alone, standing right here, right now. We don't look at what happened to the people before and what happened to the people who are coming. I find it interesting that 100 years ago, they didn't have satellite phones. They didn't have satellite TV. They didn't have 24-hour news cycles. They didn't have cell phones. They didn't have ambulances, (laughs) y'all, right, something as basic as that. Most places didn't even have running water in their homes, the flush toilets. And they survived the 1918 flu epidemic. When it came in, it was mass. I read a story about it the other day in the San Francisco Chronicle, how they reported on it back in 1918. And what were some of the issues that public health practitioners encountered. And I was interested and intrigued, I tell you the truth. I was like, it doesn't sound any different from 2020. Does it? 102 years later. Here we are with all the advancements, the technological advancements. We have a stock market that works only for the rich. That, my friends, is going to have to change. Only the rich. Do you have enough stocks to trade on the stock market? Are you really worried about it? The people who manage your 401k and so on, they make you feel good about it, don't they? They make you feel like something is going on. Do you really are a mover and shaker that impacts the stock market? No. A hundred and two years later, here we are. Our systems of government, our systems of economy were felled by a virus that impacted the human body. You know what it tells us? Of all the advancements we have made, the one thing we never took into consideration, the one thing we didn't focus on was, guess what? the human body. We never fix that. We are frail and fragile. Just a few weeks, just a week ago, a, a man in the city of Detroit, someone, he's a giant if you had ever been, one of the sweetest persons you could ever meet. I, I think because he was so tall and imposing, when he saw you, he would just smile, so you would just, you know, not fear him. He died from a heart attack after celebrating with family that evening. And when I think about how his family felt that he was such a life force to them, and I said to myself, how frail is the human body? How frail are we all? We fixed everything else, but we never fixed this. It tells us that our focus has been on the wrong thing. This is a recalibration, a refocusing, if you will, on what we need to focus on. We have done everything with our money. God is calling us to recognize that you've done everything else that I told that I didn't even tell you to do. You've done everything, but you never fixed a broken system of health care where millions of people can't have access to our primary care doctor to prevent preventable diseases. We have a broken system of money 
that people are condemned to poverty. And if they don't work, they can't live anywhere. We have a broken system where we have empty houses owned by banks and big money launderers. That's what they are. They're money launderers. They just ship the money around. It's legal. They do it in a way and they don't go to jail. But a guy on the corner trying to make a living, they lock him up and throw away the key. We have a broken system that condemns people based on the color of their skin. God is God. Christianity worships a man named Jesus Christ who lived in the Middle East, and for all intents and purposes, his skin was brown, not just because of the times he lived, but because of his ethnicity. Did you all not read that his parents ran to Egypt? If his parents ran to Egypt, y'all, that means they could have blended in with the brown people who lived in Egypt. And yet, we have pastified and whitened Christianity to the exclusion of all else and tell people that they're not worthy. We have a broken system, and that broken system is what contributed to our demise. That broken system is what gave us a global pandemic because we don't care about anybody. If you're not rich and you're not a big baller, they don't want to hear from you. If you're not, you want me to put it into perspective? Okay. So I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and there are people like me. But there is a girl who comes up. Nobody knows her. Nobody knows her name. All she has to do is to take a camera, gyrate, they call it twerking. We used to call it gyrating back in the day. And twerking, and all of a sudden, she has 100 million followers. All of a sudden, her pictures, because she poses half naked, gets hundreds and hundreds of thousands of likes. We have a broken system of morality. We like to tell people that their acts are immoral. But when the lights and the camera shut down, we go have sex with children and go have sex with people you're not married to. We have a broken system. God is calling us to look in the mirror. And what this brokenness has done, because we focus so much on the wrong thing, all of a sudden we end up in a global pandemic. God is just showing us something. You all down there, you think you're different because you live in one border and a different border? You're all a community of people. It has changed our dynamic all of a sudden. What we need to do is to look up. Maybe one day we look up and we might see some UFOs from some other planet saying, y'all need some help down there. We're coming to help you all. And they won't look like human beings. (laughs) I'm just throwing that out there. (laughs) I'm just joking. I don't know about UFOs and aliens. But I do know that we are in trouble. I do know that we have not fixed not just our broken system of economics, that have left millions of people homeless in a city such as San Francisco, where real estate pricing is outsized just because people have egos. I live and I am. Where people drive Teslas and people are walking foot. Where people where driving a Tesla is a status symbol. Are you kidding me? A Tesla is like driving a giant iPad. That's what it is. It's like driving a giant iPad. And now, here we are. We're still driving past people on the street. But we have empty buildings, federal buildings. We have empty buildings, y'all. And people are homeless during winter, the coldest times of the year. We have families who have been rendered homeless by broken economic systems of rent where people can only pay rent, and when they lose a job, 
they and their families are kicked out on the street. And we enforce this by sending bailiffs to put them out on the street. Do you know how traumatic that is? Do you know how traumatic that must be for children to watch their possessions, their parents' possessions, placed out on the street? We have a broken system where they come and pick your car up if you don't pay the car note. And they're not losing, by the way, because by the time it gets to the point where they pick the car up, they have collected from their insurance. This is why I'm saying to all of you, don't worry about big business. They have what is called loss of income insurance. I was an insurance underwriter for, for, some, year, for some time. They have what is called loss of income. Maybe they claim that. They're not losing anything. They file a claim with their insurance, and they have collected. You see all these big churches? Have you noticed how big churches are big pimping and still smiling? Why? They're smiling because they, they were paying insurance for loss of income. They reported to their insurance company how much money they collect on a given week, and they pay that insurance. And when something goes wrong, they claim that I'm not making that much money, and the insurance gives them a fast settlement. This is why you see big pimping preachers just bawling. They're not losing anything. You and I who operate small businesses, the way they structured the settlement, we did not qualify. It favored only big business. Those are the broken systems that must be addressed. And it's those broken systems that contribute to broken ideology, where in a sense, when you look at the people who marched on Lansing, for instance, their angst might not just be about the fact that they are not free to move around as they want to, they might also just maybe are angry at a system of government that shuts them down in the first place. Because when they look at it, they recognize with social media being what it is now, everybody else is winning except them. Are they really winning? Winning how? They're not making a lot of money. They're not multimillionaires because the multimillionaires were not out there marching. They have better things to do with their time. Multimillionaires have enough information to know, I can't afford to be associating with large groups of people. Multimillionaires are on their yachts and are at their vacation homes because the flights didn't shut down. Constitutionally, they couldn't close the airports because you're free to move around the country. And you can move from one state to the other, right? Stuff they don't tell you because they don't want you to know, right? So multimillionaires were not in that march. It's ordinary people who are just fed up. They're fed up. They're fed up of a broken system. They're just fed up. And this is how they choose to express. This just gave them fuel for them to go and express. By no stretch of the imagination, am I condoning it because I resent that deeply, because I don't like insurrection, because it tells me that if they feel like it, they can start firing shots at anybody. They even had nooses walking around as if they were going to, if they catched if they caught a human being of color like myself, they probably would want to do something. I dare them to try that. Don't let me get up. You will see something else. Do you see what I'm saying? That is the city. I'm just saying I live in Detroit. And because I live in Detroit, well, here we are. Do you see what I mean? <laughs> I have the Detroit massive to turn to. <laughs> I'm just laughing, <laughs> right? But do you see what I'm saying? 
It's a broken system of human management that has not worked for the good of all. That broken system is what has led us to a healthcare crisis that is not just contained regionally, it's not just national, it's global. This is not just for folks in the United States. This is for folks everywhere. It's for folks in Canada and the United Kingdom. It's for folks in Singapore. You notice even the news is not reporting on what's happening in Arab countries because maybe they're not sharing their information, but this virus is directly impacting Black, Asian, uh, minority, and ethnic, Middle Eastern and ethnic. It's sweeping through countries of the world. And they say it's because of our practices, our cultural practices. We tend to congregate the way we live. This is why I took out North Italy so bad, because people in Italy tend to be multi-generational. But at least those folks have the right idea. They live in a way that they take care of their elderly, where they're more caring about other family members. The more we live, the more we recognize that we have been so self-centered in how we live. It's me and my two, me and my three. So mother, father, children, two children, mother, you know, me and my three. Or me and my two in my case, yeah? And we focus only on our needs. We focus only on what we need. We don't focus on the bigger picture. We don't focus on what you want or what you need. It's about me and mine. And the systems of the world had to collapse. You read it right here in Psalm 46. I didn't write it. It's been there for a couple thousand years, maybe, several. So it's been there. The nations raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. Just like that. God spoke and the earth had to respond to the real power. The power is not in our weapons of war. The power is not in our billions and how we control economic systems. The power is in God, and it's time for us to get back to that basic and understand that it's time for us. Don't wait till you're dead. Don't wait till you're dying. Then you're going to look up. Do it now. Do it now. Be still and know that God is in charge. Here we are, people postulating and pontificating as if they're God. They dominate news cycles, and they stand there, and they think they have the power to tell people to go back to work and to go get sick, condemning large groups of people like people are flies and are nothing. And God is saying, be still and know for all of you in Georgia and in Florida, and you have to listen to people who are telling you to go kill yourself, to walk back into situations where the virus still exists. Be still, be still, be still, and know that God is in charge. God will deliver. God will bring us out. God is God, and beside him, there is no other. It's time for us to get back to the basics. It's time for us. I'm wrapping up. It's time for us to get to understand. Go back and read the scriptures. We threw up Bibles. We burnt Bibles. People are feminists, call themselves all kinds of names. I'm a womanist. I believe in womanhood. I believe in the kindness of humanity. But for God's sake, we threw up Bibles. We declared that it wasn't good because a group of people took up the Bible and misinterpreted it and threw it as can. And the rest of us, you should have read it and known it just for yourself. You 
not read the classics and interpret it? Did you not read Socrates and interpret it and apply it to what you want to believe? In the same way, you have the option to pick the Bible up and read it and make the right application to your life. Be still. We have no other choice. In this coming seven days, we're going to have to be still. You're not going to be able to do nothing about nothing. You're not can't do nothing. You can't change nothing. But you're going to be still and understand that God is in control. And when you feel like the world is shaking, when you feel like I don't have any option, I don't know what I'm going to do about that rent. They're not giving out another stimulus check because they don't feel like they should. Because they feel like they should send people back to work. Be still and watch what happens. Be still. You in your own heart, you don't have to proselytize. You don't have to get on Twitter or Facebook. You don't have to make any mandatory changes. The one change you need to make is to acknowledge that God in Psalm 46, whatever version of the Bible you choose to read, acknowledge that God is God. Acknowledge that this is one case I can't do nothing about. All my arguing before the Supreme Court, they have called me a great lawyer. And they've called me a great man, a great woman. Means nothing. We're all being felled by a simple virus. The greatest to the least. And there is nothing we can do about it. Look at us. Humanity. 21st century humans. We think we conquered. We used to make fun of people who lived 100 years ago, and we didn't have their conditions that they had to survive. And we make fun of them. They acted within the scope of their knowledge of what they had available to them, the information they had. And here we are, 21st century humans, with all the knowledge and information that we have access to that is exponential. And a virus came and felled us. Made us have to look at our humanity. We should have thought about this a long time ago. Chinese are ethnic people, aren't they? How did the virus wipe them out? So why wouldn't it wipe out anybody else? Black, Asian, Middle Eastern, that's who it is. If you're a minority and you're ethnic. It's hitting you first. But then it's getting to rural areas where their economic and healthcare infrastructure is not as organized and is not sustainable to a large-scale health crisis. It makes me want to weep. You mean to tell me with all the money we have, we never thought that in rural America they needed one, more than one hospital in a 70-mile radius? We never thought that we needed more than 100,000 Emergency room beds for 300 million people. But we are smart now. We have the latest technological advances. We have the latest weapons of war. But we never had a weapon of war against a simple virus. If this doesn't make you pause and be still, I don't know what will. My time is up. Before we go, I want to pray for you. If you're one of those who got the call that you have to report to work this week by the 7th and perhaps by the 15th, which is the following week, can I just pray for you? Would you allow me to just say something to you? 
that is going to help you because everything is, can change. Something is going to change. You know it. It is going to change. So can I just pray with you? Let me just pray for you and pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you right now. As we gather together, we knit our hearts together. And we come together under the humility and the knowledge that you are God and that we are subject to what you say. And despite the fact that we have leaders and great leaders, we look up to you, Jesus, that you will direct them. You will give them instruction. Father God, help us this week to be still, not to worry, not to fear, not to lose hope, not to question, not to wonder. For those who are wailing and looking up at you, say, Lord God, when will this end? Lord God, help us to be still. Send help to the people who can't get the help. Focus on them, Jesus. As we take our minds off the billionaires who are dominating the world and world economies, who are interested in spontaneously starting world economies for their benefit, Lord God, let's look at the people, the ordinary people, the people who have to take a cab, the people who drive cabs, the people who are healthcare workers, Lord God, the people who are the simple, everyday human who is not a billionaire. Lord God, I lift these up before you. No matter how great we think we are, and we live in palaces, and we live in large houses, Lord God, humble us to know that you are God. And that in this instance, all we ask, all we are saying is, Lord God, I'm going to be still. And Father, I ask you for an exponential manifestation of your power, that you keep your people, you provide for us. Even in situations where they're sending people back, into the workforce, into the environment where the virus still is. Father God, we're going to be still and ask that you keep us and protect us and provide for us as only you can. In Jesus' name, amen. It's Sunday morning, y'all. I wish I could say let's go watch basketball or so on, but it ain't about to happen. So all I can say is be still. I got to go. My time is up. I want to thank you so much for joining my broadcast this morning. My name is Harriet Kimmick. This has been Down to Earth. Please go to my website, harrietkimmick.com, as well as the exodusfoundation.com for more information on how we do what we do. I'm an advocate and I'm a speaker, and I talk about these and other issues. As well as you can go listen to my podcast on other platforms on Apple, Spotify, Google. Share this message with someone you know. And for the love of God this week, I pray you. Be still. I know it's tough. I'm in it too. I'm in it just like you. I don't disregard the fact that I had to be in it. I'm glad I'm at this point. And I'm not looking at it from the vantage point of having so much money that I don't have to worry about the next hundred years. I'm glad I'm right there in it with you. That what I say, I have to live it out. I walk it out and trust in the Lord and lean not to my own understanding. When I say be still, trust me. It's for me too. Be still, everybody. Be blessed, everybody. See you next time. Thanks so much for joining me. (laughs) Be still. (laughs) Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. Thanks, everybody. Be blessed. Ah. Ah. Be still. Thank you so much, everybody. I will worship at 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.